to the D word. The D word. What's the D word? Debut. Discovery. Diversity. Disability. With Alex, Bella and Rosie. Hello and welcome to another episode of The D Word. I'm Bella. I'm Alex. And I'm Rosie. And today we're going to be talking about festivals. I found a really good joke that I wanted to tell you guys. So, how many people at a music festival does it take to screw a light bulb? How many? None. It's already lit. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, what kind of festivals have you guys been to? Well, Alex and I every year go to Groove in the Moon. Yes, it's my favourite festival. Hence why we go every year. You know, it's a great festival. I think from the moment we went, we were like, this is going to become a yearly thing. It's nice and, I guess, easy, even though we have to get accommodation. It's cheap for how many bands you get to see. The lineup's always really good. We have had a few issues along the way with accessibility, which we might talk about a bit later. But no, it's a pretty great festival. Mm. And it's a regional festival, so it's not just in Bendigo. It happens to all the regional places in each state. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So how long have you been going for? About seven years, I reckon. Wow. Yeah, it's been a while. That's incredible. Who do you think your favourite actor? you've seen is a rinse spoon <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought you were gonna say that mm. yeah oh I... did they play it over the moon now i think about it yes they did okay good what about you alex well i'd have to say kingswood oh, is yeah, my right. favorite because they are my favorite band and that's where i discovered them oh really yeah oh there you go back i did in, not know that yeah back in 2013 oh, so there you go yeah mm-hmm. I actually haven't been to Groove in the Moon, but I have been to another festival called Future Music. Oh, nice. It's actually the only festival I've been to, and I went, I think, about three years ago, and it was at Flemington Race Club. It was great. I really, really enjoyed it. It was a few of my favourite acts at the time. And I mean, the accessibility again was a bit dodgy, but for what it was, it was incredible and the food was great. (laughs) Yeah, it's always good when the food's good. Mm. And I love how at festivals you've got choices. So you can walk around and decide who you want to see. That's one of my favourite things. My favourite thing is when every artist you really like is on the one stage and you don't have to move anywhere. Yeah. You just wait there and just watch all the awesome acts. Well, yeah. I mean, especially, I guess, for us, if you're in your wheelchair, it's kind of the best of both worlds, hey? Yeah, definitely. You bring your own seat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we bring our portable seats. But Rosie, actually, you and I, so before we did podcasting, I think we might have talked about this previously, we all have a background in radio, and as part of my actual first show, which was in 2017, I think. Sounds about right. Rosie, myself, and a friend who is on the show that we worked for, we went to the comedy festival. No, that was Alex, actually. I was like, I don't remember this. (laughs) (laughs) That was me. Yeah, that was Alex. And so we went to the comedy festival. What did we see? We saw Assisted Suicide, the musical. Which, I mean, when you think about it, it sounds a bit... Horrible. It sounds horrible. Yeah, you're right. But I actually really, really enjoyed it. It was at the Malt House. Mm -hmm. I think that was one of the first theatre places I'd actually ever been to. Oh, really? Yeah. And (laughs) that was a great introduction (laughs) to working at radio. Yeah. It was was a great night out. It was funny, but it was also, like, very confronting. I don't know if you remember, but there was a part in the performance where one of the audience members got up and started to protest 
And I thought that was completely real. Yeah, I do remember that. And it completely freaked me out because <laughs> I'm not very good with confrontation anyway. But it turned out it was part of the act and it was all good. <laughs> but it did freak me out. It got people's attention, that's for sure. Yes. Mm. Sounds like it would have been a really good show. Yeah, it was. I actually learnt quite a bit. So as well as it was funny, it was really informative. It was extremely. I love shows like that where you can just enjoy yourself but then come out like learning something or kind of helps you start conversations that you wouldn't normally have yeah so as we were talking about before when you go to these kind of festivals and all these kinds of things you really have to almost do your research yeah into where you're going because as disabled people but especially as wheelchair users Mm. places that are outside with grass even like cobblestones and things like that they can be a bit of a turn-off when it comes to choosing venues Hmm. I think it depends on what kind of disability you have when it comes to festivals. So some people, like Alex and I, are just doers. We're like, Kingswood are playing somewhere, we're going to go, you know, yeah. and we'll work out the other stuff later. So with Groove from the Moo, you have to be pretty much, I reckon if you're in an electric wheelchair, it's probably the easiest. Yeah, I've definitely. learnt that recently. Yeah. Because you can just go over the grass and go over everything. Because Groove of the Moon has not only, it doesn't have cobblestones, but it's got stone, gravelly stuff. And sand. And sand and grass. So yeah. you're dealing with a lot of things. And a lot of the time, the free water is around that grass, stones, sand. So it's a bit of a hike to get to. So for people in electric wheelchairs, it might be a bit easier for. But toilet-wise, maybe not so much. Because a lot of the times I've discovered that the portable toilets that are meant to be accessible are just... They're bigger than the normal portables, but not really big enough to fit a wheelchair Mm. in as well as a person. Yeah, I can sort of just fit my day chair in the disabled toilet, but it doesn't go beside me. Like Mm. some people would need to transfer from seat to seat, but mine sort of almost goes on the front of it. Yeah, so I still have to get out of my chair and walk to the toilet seat, even if it's just like one or two steps. Which could be a problem for someone else. Definitely. And also we've discovered that there's always a foot pump for the washing of your hands. Yeah. Which we don't understand. Yeah, there's no logic behind all of that. You literally have to put your foot off the foot plate of your wheelchair and start pumping the water. Yeah. With and, your foot. And if you don't have the feeling in your foot, if you can't move, if your feet are paralyzed like ours, you can't really do that. Like my feet are fused, so I can't do that ankle motion of yeah. up down. So I can't yeah. use a foot pump. Yeah, you have to, I guess, hold underneath your knees or something and physically move your leg up and down. Yeah. But when you're doing that, you're putting your hands on your leg. Mm. and you're not actually washing your hands exactly it's not good either way (laughs) i mean a foot pump might work for someone who maybe has cerebral palsy yeah and can use a foot pump or someone with maybe one leg so they have another leg they can do it so there are disabilities out there that would i guess benefit or not worry about things like this but Mm. for us it was a bit of a issue Mm. and i think the other thing is and i'm not sure whether you two think about this but i have a little bit of social anxiety Mm. so when I go to anything that involves 
people, I tend to worry about how many people are going to be there, if it's going to be crowded, if I'm going to have space to get out if I need to, all those kind of things. And I guess that's another reason why I don't tend to go to festivals that often is because even though it's outdoors, I'm worried about how many people are going to be there and whether it's going to be so compacted mm. that I'm going to be stuck. Yeah, I don't do festivals overnight, like camping, mm. for that kind of reason of I have this fear of someone maybe running over my tent because they're drunk and they decide to get in their car or like I just have these really kind of impractical fears when it comes to camping around really drunk people but when it comes to being claustrophobic because I get really claustrophobic in a mosh pit so Alex and I have come up with this ingenious idea of putting lights on us so when it comes to nighttime people can see us and they don't fall over us as much yeah we find that because we're sitting down no one really looks down to actually visibly see us in the dark and we've had so many people almost do backflips over us because they're walking backwards or something and they fall on us and it's just can be really dangerous not just for us but more so for them Mm. because they're hitting metal from our chairs. Speaking of inclusivity and all that kind of stuff, Rosie you went to Ability Fest. I did. Which is run by Dylan Orcott. Here we love. Alex went the year before and I was really curious. I just wanted to see it for myself because I had this idea in my head that what a great idea and an accessible festival, an idea that Alex and I have dreamt of for like all of our lives. And I kind of had this great thing in my mind of it's going to be perfect and there's going to be no flaws. And the fact that there was flaws to it makes it a real festival. So the fact that you're still waiting in line forever for the toilet only to get into an accessible toilet that is disgusting. Like that's the true festival experience and it was at the Valodrome in Coburg and there's only so much you can do to make that accessible and I I love that idea that they've done the best that they can to make it accessible but I was talking to someone the other day and they pointed out that it's not the only accessible festival that there is and I realised this because Alex and I had been to another festival that was fully accessible which is the Queenscliff Music Festival Yeah. and so what Ability Fest does is you know that it's accessible you know it's in the name so everyone is invited to come and you think oh yes this is going to be great because it's going to be accessible whereas other festivals can be fully accessible but they don't I guess advertise that so you kind of go in your hope but Queenscliff Music Festival has been going on for years and it's fantastic there's people that go I think every year who have kind of severe physical disabilities and they have a great time and there's viewing platforms there's accessible toilets from memory I think they were quite great I think remember loving them and there's always a great lineup and it's over a few days so once again it's one of those places where instead of staying in a tent you just get accommodation and you stay there for the weekend and you know if you're lucky one year we had Steve Smyth who we love play and we ended up calling it the Steve Smyth Music Festival because we saw him play like (laughs) five times so there are festivals out there that are like Ability Fest that are accessible it's just not in the name so you've kind of really got to do your research there was certain places in Queenscliff because they did like off-site gigs as well Mm. that weren't accessible but yeah that also just obviously takes pre-planning yeah I mean I can imagine it takes a lot to plan a festival just in general yeah 
And on top of that, thinking about how is this person going to do this and how are we going to make this more inclusive? And I suppose that there aren't, I mean, you can only have a certain amount of places that you can hold festivals. Yeah, and you probably only have a certain budget that you have. Like, I think I was talking to Dylan Alcott's mum and she said that a lot of artists are actually asking to play at Ability Fest, which is fantastic. That's wonderful. It means that he'll never run out of people to play and especially because no one gets paid. They're all voluntary. Everyone that's there is voluntary. And I think it's so important to keep a festival like this running. So the more and more it goes, the more and more popular it gets and the more exposure it gets. That inclusivity is important when it comes to festivals and music and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think it also opens up the artist's eyes about what is accessible music as well. Because when I went last year, which was the first year of Ability Fest, I saw an artist that was really impressed with the sign interpreters. And she actually was like, I want an interpreter at every show that I do from now on. I don't know if that actually happened, but it made people aware that there is more than just able-bodied people that want to hear music. Yeah, and And that's important. And it's all about education, isn't it? And it shows you how important that is. And it goes back to that whole thing of, at the end of the day, which we keep repeating, is that we're human. We're not just a wheelchair or a disability. We enjoy music. We enjoy festivals. We enjoy going out. And the more inclusive and the more accessible these places are, the more we're going to feel included and Mm. equal and it's fantastic yeah I mean this year at Ability Fest I actually wasn't a huge fan of all the artists that play but I still had a great time because it's like one big party you you see all your mates literally like oh that's the person I play tennis with oh I better go down and say hi so it was like one big party and you're right it's important to be included like Alex and I have been to so many festivals where people just wanted us to have fun and we felt like we were part of it and we're having a lot of fun but at the same time there are also festivals where we're not included it's like every man for themselves and it ruins the vibe and it was not just for people with disabilities for anyone if people aren't like oh you're having fun you know let's sing together let's enjoy this together you kind of just go oh like just us two sitting here while everyone else is having a great time especially if for example the red hot summer tour there was a viewing stage for people with disability and it was away from the stage and it was away from all the other people we thought we're a bit segregated here Mm. I felt like I was going to be put in a cage yeah almost or like an enclosure because there was a fence around us oh wow okay and you pretty much need binoculars to actually see the stage Hmm. I think that's an important topic to bring up is viewing platforms and that kind of thing because I've especially in the past this is probably more so for other topics but where the viewing platform is placed Mm. and that's not really anyone's fault because that's just how the venue is set up. Yeah. But it seems to me that for some reason the disabled designated seating is always toward the back of the venue. So it almost feels like, again, you're kind of segregated from yeah. the rest of the crowd because you've got this tiny little box that's like designated to you mm-hmm. and people who are like you, I guess. But it's so far back that what's kind of the point of going? Yeah, exactly. Like Alex and I, 
went to another festival, the Big Day Out, and it was a great festival. However, we went to try and go on their viewing platform, and it was so far back that one, we really couldn't see what was happening on the stage, and two, we could just hear screaming from people that were on the rides because it was closer to people on rides than it was to the stage. Yeah, I guess that's a kind of a step back. Mm. But as I said, it's kind of how I, I mean, I guess the people at the venue or at the festival or wherever can kind of reassess the issue and like change the seating so we're more closer. To but the... are they aware that that needs to be changed? Like that's what we kind of want to get mm. out of this podcast is yeah. to let people know that you actually want to just be in the thick of things. I think they need to more step into our shoes because I don't think they realise the difference between our experience and the rest of the people. Yeah. And there's so many different disabilities and we're not all the same and yes some people do want to be on the viewing platforms people are happy there and safe and there's people like us who just want to be in the mosh pit at the front seeing what's going on on the stage yeah I feel like I'm more included and have a more fun experience if I am actually able to see the artist and be within the people that are also enjoying themselves front of the stage. Because at the end of the day, you're just like everyone else, singing along, dancing along, enjoying yourself. I don't know about you guys, but you don't feel disabled when you're at a festival, when you're being included, everyone's singing along. You're just a fan of the band that you're seeing. So I kind of want to switch things up a little bit. Do you guys have any horror stories or anything that you're like oh my god why did this happen to me or any funny things you guys can tell us about festivals yes they're funny stories now after the fact um obviously we will try and get to the front no matter what and there was an instance at the groom of the mood this year when we saw an artist that we'd never seen before and we didn't know what to expect and we'd been at that stage the whole day because we were really enjoying the artist on that particular stage so we managed to be at the front the whole day so when the time came for this artist to come on the stage there was a lot of people all of a sudden coming into that area and pushing and trying to get to the front themselves and it just got a little bit hectic, hectic. yeah even for not just us it oh, for everyone it was for everybody yeah. everybody was struggling so it wasn't just us wasn't the fact that we were in wheelchairs it was the whole crowd and the security guards obviously noticed that we were there because we'd been there the whole day they made the decision to pull us out of the mosh pit luckily they had this removable gate at the front that wasn't too far away from where we were that they could literally just open the gate and we'd go straight through to pretty much the front of the stage where the photographers were. Now that was okay because we were like, yeah, fair enough, we need to move. Yeah. So we managed to stay to the side of the stage almost where the photographers were, but we actually couldn't see anything that was happening on the stage. So we were getting a lesser view than we were when we were in the crowd. Yeah. And everyone in the crowd was very jealous. They were like kind of looking at us, being like, oh, you're in the best spot. And we really weren't. Like, the closer you are, the worse kind of your view is because it's like going in front of a really big TV screen and then trying to see the whole screen. And trying to look up. And we're on the side. 
side as well so we weren't face on mm. so we had speakers in our way yeah and that's something you've got to take into consideration as well if you want to be at the front mm. most of the time you're going to be in the speaker so it's not the best sound mm. and in this instance it was great that we got taken out of the mosh pit because we were looking at it and it got really bad and then the artist that was on we didn't end up liking at all so they, this artist had this big hype and everyone that was there was clearly there to see this person and then it kind of came on and we were like oh this is a young person thing we do not get this yeah so we had people crying and screaming in the crowd and I think what you mentioned before about how when you get these things like you get moved down to the front or you get special entrance into a place or whatever I think that's something worth mentioning because as someone with a disability and I hope I can speak on all of us when I say majority of the time I mean not majority of the time but we do have days where we're like over it and things like that so having small perks like being able to go down to the front like having security escort us down to the front or being escorted into like the side entrance just those small things I think there has to be some kind of perk to well, this. Yeah, it makes it fair like for instance Alex and I met this girl who was carrying around a disabled sticker a parking sticker because she had one leg and she had to keep trying to prove to people that she had one leg she literally had to pull down her pants to actually show people her prosthetic leg so people like her kind of need the perks because she needs a place to sit like simple things like place to sit down so she's not on her fake leg the whole day but the fact that this person had to prove it Mm. that's disgusting what's more disgusting is alex and i were like this is ridiculous we should totally say something to group and move at the same time we were like ah this is disability life you know i was kind of like oh you'll get used to it and then i thought about it after we left and i thought when have i become this person that's just like oh well you're disabled we just have to deal with these things Mm. yeah no we don't you're right there needs to be perks that are not really perks it's actually just making the playing field fair i guess people see that as Yeah. What we see as just a normal fair go is what other people see as unfair and perks and all that kind of stuff, which I mean, yeah, sometimes they are perks. They're great. And as I said before, sometimes when you have a disability, having a perk makes you feel great. Mm. But at the same time, if we didn't have these perks, we wouldn't see anything. So we might also have these perks, but I feel like there are perks that we're missing out on at certain festivals, like at Groove in the Moo, the water station so they had free water available to everybody but when we went to the water station it was near the toilet so it was actually really hard to get to because of the sand and the dirt but when we got to the water station it was up a a step pretty much oh really yeah so we actually couldn't get physically get there yeah Yeah. we couldn't access the free water so we have to actually plan ahead even more for the simple things like food and water because the food is also uphill and on the dirt Hmm. and normally so high up as well that you can't like hand the money they literally probably have to like dive down their food trailers I was about to say do you guys struggle with food trucks because Mm -hmm. when I went to future no one could hear me because I'm down here in the wheelchair and they're up there in the food truck and it's like almost you have to shout your order. Yeah. So what we have to now do is bring a large bottle of water so that both of us can drink whenever we need to Mm. to stay hydrated and then we also have to pre-pack lunch and snacks for the entire day. So we ended up this year buying rolls, roast 
roast chicken just from Woolies. Yeah. With some uh, pasta salad. And we, you know, made pasta salad and chicken roll right in the middle, well, at the front of the mosh pit because we were there the whole day so that we didn't have to move to go and get food. Mm. And it was funny because people were really entertained by this and yeah. they were like, can we have some? We're really hungry. And it's... It's almost like you can walk and actually access the food trucks and the water and everything, whereas we can't, so we have to do this. So no. It was really funny because one time when we did this, we were with our friends and it was at a festival where the people weren't that inclusive and we were actually not having... Like, we weren't having a bad time, but we weren't having as good a time as we could. So when it came to bringing out the rolls and the pasta salad and the chicken, everyone was kind of looking at us like, oh, we wish we could have that. And we were like, not too bad. We can't see because you're standing in front of us. You can't have our rolls. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So I think people can think for themselves and do what we do mm. to even save money or if they also want to stay in the mosh pit for a certain amount of time, plan ahead. I guess that's the other thing because you don't want to almost lose your spot in the crowd, do you? Exactly. So, I mean, if you think ahead and you take the food, you take the water, you take whatever you need, then you don't have to move. Mm. And if you've got a really good spot then you're set you're good (laughs) if you listen to our first ever podcast we did a show on fashion and i feel like fashion is an integral part of any festival yeah yeah it is like it's called festival fashion for a reason yeah like it's a thing but i tell you what and i'm 22 so i'm in that age bracket of people wearing outrageous clothing and you know barely there anything but even i am so starting to think you you let you left the house in your underwear honey yeah we think that every time at Groove in the Moo and at Bendigo like yes it might be warm during the day sometimes if the weather's nice but you're in Bendigo as soon as the sun goes down it's freezing it's so so cold and they're all wearing these ridiculous small barely there anything yeah seriously like can someone explain to me when did this fashion style come in where you wear a see-through top with just like tassels covering your nipples like when did that come in fashion or tape or tape and why is it that the women are the ones that are showing their asses showing their tits and guys are wearing clothes why do we feel comfortable like yes we should be able to show off our bodies that's fine we shouldn't be able Absolutely. to get harassed even though we're not wearing no clothes if but, it's what but you feel why, comfortable yeah whatever you feel comfortable but why are we starting to feel comfortable wearing nothing and when has it become so important to look the part than to be warm and to enjoy yourself at a music festival surely these girls are not having fun once the sun goes down yeah because surely they're getting really really cold i would think that they would have to almost leave by five o'clock because they just can't handle how cold it is. We obviously have done Groove in the Moo many, many times and now are very prepared to the point where we bring a coat and a jumper and scarf, gloves, everything. Well, you'd, everything. Ho- you'd hope these girls have thought of that as well. People obviously don't want to bring ma- massive backpacks and coats around with them all day. But each to their own. If you guys want to go to a music festival and you're like, but I have a disability and it might be too hard, we've got some tips and tricks for you. My number one tip is to plan ahead, to work out what festival you want to go to, make sure you have a festival buddy with you, and make sure that you have a map of where you want to go. Also, Alex and I always check who is playing and who we want to see. So we work out how far it's going to take us to get from one stage to another. Always have water with you. I think also the 
planning the stages and everything. We also plan toilet breaks as well. Yep. So if there was a band that we didn't quite want to see, we would then take that opportunity to go to the toilet. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Use that time wisely. <laughs> and have a spot where you're going to meet. So if you get lost, you just go to that spot so that the person knows where to find you. And also the fairy light idea that Alex and I had so that you can be seen, especially if you're like me and you're in the middle of a lot of people and you're having a bit of a panic attack. It's nice to be like, I'm here. You can see me. I'm flashing right now. <laughs> so we had the fairy lights wrapped around our wheelchair frame so that we were properly lit. There was the person that came up to us and said, you girls are lit. And we laughed so hard because that was when we kind of learnt what lit was. We didn't understand <laughs> what lit was. And then we realised it was us. We are lit. <laughs> yeah, so Mentally and physically. Also, lit. it's really good if you're going to a festival that may be in Bendigo or a place that's not close to where you live, it's really good to book a place to stay in advance because obviously when the tickets go out, everyone tries to get accommodation, so it's good to do that in advance. We pretty much book accommodation six months in advance to the actual Goodness. festival. Wow. Yeah. And you learn what places are good to stay in and what aren't. So Alex and I have a list of places that are accessible to stay at, whereas we have stayed in places that were not the greatest, but doable. Yeah. And I think going back to the fairy lights, I think that's a great idea because not only do you guys look lit, you're also lit. So at night, you can actually see where you're going. And I also made a headband with a unicorn that lights up as well. That is the greatest thing Because who doesn't heard. like unicorns uh so i had a unicorn on my head all night and it glowed different colors so yeah i quite enjoyed my unicorn on my head and it's good too because people come up to start with conversations a good conversation starter an important reminder if you don't want to make the long trek across the grass and the sand please pack food rolls chicken pasta salad is what we do and some lollies and maybe some chocolate festival food we can be naughty for one day exactly so we hope to see you at a festival sometime soon it's time to announce the winner of our 200 tommy hilfiger gift voucher the winner is claire nixon so congratulations and we hope you enjoy your prize this has been the d word i'm rosie i'm bella and I'm Alex. Until next time. Bye. Bye.